All right. So join me, if you will, in the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10 are primarily what we're going to be focusing on today. But we're going to go ahead and start in Jeremiah 1.1. 1, 1. So in Jeremiah, starting in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, Hilkiah, there you go, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of uh, Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So the title of, uh, of our message today is No More Excuses. And... Before we, uh, before we start getting into this scripture, I want to share with you um, a couple of verses from a song that has come on the radio recently. I actually forgot to even write down the name of it. I'm not, it's, it's so new, I'm not even familiar with it. But I heard it, and honestly, I was thinking of how much I didn't really like the song. <laughs> not because of the lyrics, necessarily, but uh, as I was reading through this, it came back to me. And what he says in the song is, Now, I'm just a beggar. In the presence of the king. I wish I could bring you so much more. But if it's true that you use broken things, then here I am, Lord. I'm all yours. And I thought that was a really powerful part of that song. And I think it's uh, pretty common to stand before the masses, especially to stand before the Lord, and to consider, to think of myself, man, I'm, I don't have what it takes to do this. I don't have what it takes to stand before God in any way for any reason. I don't have what it takes to be a messenger, to be a pastor, to be a prophet, to be a servant, to, to be worthy of these things. And I don't have what it takes to go out before a crowd with no credentials, with with no say-so, with, with no authority, and try to speak to them the words of life. 
And that's a common experience for people. We feel many times that we're, we're unable, we're disqualified, we're inadequate to be used by God. Uh, one of the things I hear a lot is, you know, uh, I teach people how to share their story in the gospel in 60 seconds. And when I, when I offer to teach people this, a lot of times they say, well, you know, I just, I really don't have a story. I really don't have a story. And what's funny is everybody has a story. If you were once a sinner and now you're saved, you've got a story. Because the story is about the king. But what, what's really being said is, my life, my experience was not good enough. That what I have to bring is not good enough to be used. That's really what people are saying. And that's really the, what, I, what I get as feedback. You know, And this comes in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's not having uh, enough money, not thinking we have enough, uh, enough ability or talent. And here in Jeremiah, he says, you know, I'm too young. Maybe sometimes people, they feel like God is pulling them to speak to, uh, to, to their family members or to a younger generation. Maybe they think they're too old. I don't know. Right? But we start to sell ourselves a story. We start to sell ourselves a story that there's this great and mighty God, and he does great and mighty things, and he uses even the weak and beggarly to get them done. Just not us. Just not us. And, you know, maybe we wouldn't word it that way, but when we look at the reality of, of some of our doubts and fears, that's really what it boils down to, I think. And so there are these times when we start to feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. We feel God, you know, telling us to, uh, to love somebody in the midst of our anger towards them. To respond, not maybe, maybe not the way we want to, maybe not the way we think they deserve, but the way Jesus would. Maybe we feel like uh, God is putting a burden on our shoulders as we hear the word being spoken it's like it's being spoken to us, and we just feel a burden to fulfill the word of God, and we just, man, there's no way. You know, I felt like that. I was uh, reading through, I, for, I forget even where it is now, one of the prophets, um, one of the minor prophets, and God was speaking to the people of Israel saying, how is it that you live at home in your paneled houses while my house sits in ruins? And he basically tells them, get up off your butts and go fix my house. That's the Darren Miller paraphrase, by the way. But, you know, I'm not a Jew. There's no temple. God was speaking to them. But when I read those words, God put a burden on my heart for this place. And so we began to, we're, now we're raising money uh, for renovations. And it came from that. Well, in that situation, 20, when I found out uh, how much it was going to cost, we had a friend of ours come look at the building. You know, $25,000, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty pretty easy thing to say, you know, I can't do that. And so the Holy Spirit leads us to different things. And immediately when the, when the calling of God comes upon us, every excuse why you are not the person for the job begins to populate in your mind, Right? And unfortunately, there are times where we put more faith in our excuses than we do in God. So that's why the title of our message today is No More Excuses. But interesting enough, 
this problem that we have is not exclusive, right? It's, uh, it's been the same issue of faith uh, since the beginning of time. And in fact, it's, it's kind of in our nature to see according to our perception of what we can see, what we can do, rather than through the eyes of faith. And so it's a constant battle, right? Anybody, anybody understand what I'm talking about? I would hope so. Um, and one great example, I think, is Jeremiah in this passage. Because before Jeremiah is called, it says that he's the son of a priest in the town of Anathoth. And anybody know a whole lot about Anathoth? Anybody? Nope, me neither. <laughs> no idea where that's at. Okay. Anybody know a whole lot about uh, Hilkiah, if that's his name? Nope, me neither. What about Jeremiah? This whole time he's been raised in this random town by this random guy as some random priest. Anybody know anything about Jeremiah? I don't. Not until this point. Right? And so Jeremiah, rightly so, you know, probably could have said, who am I for the Lord to call on me? And who am I to be able to do or to say anything to anyone on behalf of the mighty God? He's a little nobody from a little nowhere. Just like, well, I don't know how many of you are from Kerrville. I'm, I'm pretty much from here, so I'm a little nobody from a little nowhere. So I, I relate. And uh, I'm sure that's how he felt, but the word of the Lord came to him. So let's look again at, at verses 6 through 8. So God has called to him, and he says, Behold, I'm going to establish you. In fact, I already have established you as a prophet to the nations. I'm sanctifying you. So basically what God is, is saying is, it's time for you to go to work. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. Not a small one either. And look at Jeremiah's immediate response. He says, uh, in verse 6, Then I said, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. For I am a youth. I wonder what's our excuse. God has called to Jeremiah specifically. Specifically. He didn't, you know, put out a poster on a, on a town bulletin board and say, anybody interested in being a prophet of God, please show up at 8 o'clock. I'm taking interviews. <laughs> he called to Jeremiah and said, come forth. And Jeremiah says, man, I can't. But God didn't just call to Jeremiah specifically, but he called to Jeremiah with a specific purpose already in mind. Right? And Jeremiah says, sorry, God, can't, I can't do that. You know, I don't have what it takes. And so immediately, um, Jeremiah considers the task to be too big. And I don't really blame him. That's a pretty big, pretty big burden. Maybe uh, I imagine a lot of times, you know, what were these people thinking when situations like this occurred? You know, sometimes I wish we got a little more insight. And so I, I figure he's probably thinking, you know, that calling's for somebody else, anybody else, you know, but not for me. 
And so his excuse was he's too young, but there is always an excuse. There's always a reason that we're ready to give, not to go, not to speak, and not to be all that God has called you to be. There will always, always, always be a reason for you to say, not me, not this time, always. But what does God say? That's really the question. In my opinion, it doesn't matter what the issue is, what the question is. I always go back to, what did God say? So in verses 7 and 8, 7 and 8, in a nutshell, God says, I don't accept your excuses. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord God. So do not say, I am too young, I am too old, I'm too uneducated, I don't speak well enough. It's not for me. When God says go, we must go. That's it. When God says speak, we must speak. And it doesn't matter who the audience is. It doesn't matter what obstacles you face. It doesn't matter what excuse is coming to your mind. You have been called specifically by God. You are not in this room by an accident. When Jesus showed up to Paul, you know, he didn't just pick a spot on the map. Say, I'm going to blind this guy today. You know? He wasn't just walking through a brilliant light and happened to stumble upon him on the road to Damascus. That was an appointment that Jesus set up. And all of you in this room have been called specifically by God. And you have been called for a specific purpose. And so because of that, we've all been given the uh, specific commandments, but we've also been given the general commandments of his word and the commandments of the conviction of his Holy Spirit. And because of that, God expects us to be willing to simply respond in faith. To simply respond in faith. God doesn't expect us to, to have all the answers, to have all the ability. God simply calls us to go. You know, it's funny. Um, this actually is a pretty common occurrence in the Bible. You know, he calls Moses tells Moses to go back to his brethren and, and to the Pharaoh and to, to declare his word. And Moses argues with him like three or four times. And finally he says, you know, Lord, I don't want to do this. Give it to someone else. And it says the Lord was angry with Moses. Moses still did it, by the way. And then we have Gideon. God randomly calls out to Gideon. Oh, you mighty warrior, you're going to go and deliver your brethren. And Gideon's like looking around, trying to figure out who he's talking to. He says, well, wait a minute. I'm from the least tribe of all of Israel. And from the least tribe of all of Israel, my family is the least in the tribe. And in my family, I'm the least in my family. So he's like, whatever dirt you have on the bottom of your shoe, I'm lower than that. <laughs> like, I think you got the wrong guy. 
And he comes up with all these things. Oh, Lord, why this and why that and why this? And God doesn't even answer those questions. He just says, go, have I not sent you? And what's amazing is when Gideon shows up with his army to go out to fight the, uh, the other armies of the world, God dwindles them down and dwindles them down and dwindles them down. And then God gives them victory over the entire armies of their enemies, and he never even draws his sword. He never even draws his sword. Because God goes before us. Whatever calling God gives you, God fulfills. And that's the amazing thing. I always, I always, I'm always in awe. I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. God saved me to use me. Then he uses me, but he does the work. And even though he does the work, I get rewarded for his work. Does that make sense to anybody here? I'll take it. I don't, I don't get how that, that's, a, that's an interesting economy. I like it, you know. He expects us to go, but he also expects you by faith to know that it's him that goes before to deliver you. One of my favorite verses is in Romans where it says, the just shall live by faith. It doesn't just say you'll be saved by faith. That is true. But to live is a... Moment by moment by moment, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, situation and opportunity by opportunity thing. And every moment of your life has to be given to the Lord in faith, in faith, right? And that's the beauty of it. That's where faith comes in because we have to know and trust in the fact that God is the one who provides, protects, and in powers or and empowers I'm sorry after all we don't know much about Jeremiah like I already said he was obviously young he might have also been shy he might have been weak maybe he was the uh, the last pick of the donkey racing team I don't know what they did in Anathoth for fun uh, we don't really know but what we do know is the moment that God called to Jeremiah he became something new, not because of himself, but because of God's calling. Let's look at verses 9 and 10. It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. When the Lord touches you and when the Lord calls you, whatever you were before, you no longer are. In Ephesians 1, it says that we have been given uh, and blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know what that means? We have no excuse not to do or to go or to love or to give in the name of Jesus Christ. Because whatever you need, whatever you lack, is already yours in Christ. Who, who was Jeremiah before this day? Everybody shrug. I don't know. Was he over nations and kingdoms? Did he have the strength to build up and to tear down, to root out and to plant? No, but this day he did. And this day when God says, I have called you as a prophet, he also said, oh, and I'll put my words in your mouth. 
you don't even worry about it, buddy. I got you. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. To deliver you. If you get no other promises from the Bible down, get these two. God saved you. It was his work. And God delivers all those who trust in him. Get those two and put your faith in those promises. Because maybe we feel weak, maybe we feel unuseful, but here's the thing. Whatever God ordains for us, whatever God is calling you to do, not only do you, can you trust in the fact that, yeah, he's going to empower you, but here's the thing. God has already equipped and already called you for that purpose. I was reading this, and I realized how crazy and ridiculous our doubts and fears are. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 5. The word of the Lord. God says to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before whoever you think you are was, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Think about that. Jeremiah says, I cannot do this work. God says, what? I made you for this work. Before you existed, before you had your own thought to think, before you had your own future to try to plan out, whatever you think that was going to be, I had already made and ordained you for the work I'm calling you to. You know, I've, I've never built a hammer, but I'm assuming whoever invented a hammer made it to hit nails. So I expect, and actually I know because I've used a hammer, it works pretty good to hit nails because it was made for that purpose. Specifically. Specifically. So I don't know if, if hammers in the tool shop think that, you know, their great purpose in life is to look real pretty up on the shelf. You know, you get the one hammers with the, with the blue grip, you know, they look kind of nice. And the, the, you know, the extra sharp claws. I think I'm, I think I'm overextending this analogy a little bit. But uh, they were made for a purpose. And so my point is, whatever God calls you to do, there's going to be doubts. There's going to be fears, whether it's to speak, to give, to do. But not only has God promised to deliver you, to go before you, that in fact, he's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the words that you don't even have today, possibly. But that he literally ordained you and created you for that purpose. So how is it that we could in our hearts say, I cannot do this? Doesn't it seem silly? You were fashioned for work fashioned for work. So what what are our excuses today? I wonder. What are those things that uh, keep us from being all that God has already created us, created us and called us 
to be. Because we were made to perform the very works that convicts your hearts. And because of God's calling, because of God's empowerment, because of his word being revealed to us, we have no excuse. And that's not a burden. Oh, no, I can't get out of this. No, it's freedom. Freedom to be more than you would ever aspire to be yourself. Ever. Freedom to do more and accomplish more than you could ever take credit for because God is with you and his power is for you. So I want to encourage you to open up your heart to the Lord and to ask him to give you boldness to follow him because he made you as a wonderful tool and his plan to use you as a vessel for his glory was set before the foundations of this world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank